This is the TJ Show. I was visiting a town called Hillsdale, New Jersey. Been there a couple times in my life. There is this beautiful French bakery, and it popped up out of nowhere. It's a new place. I walk in, and I love great treats. I love great coffee. I strike up a conversation with the guy who owns the place. Hey, when would you get on here? Hey, you know, this is what you do when you're in a town, right? Hey, when, when you, and he starts telling me his story. He's from France, and he had this dream as a kid that I'm now standing in. And I was so moved by that. I said, dude, can I interview you? And he was like, sure. And I said, okay, great. I'll be right back. And so I went and got my microphones and I sat down with a new friend named Raphael. TJ, I love how you said he had a dream that you are now standing in. How oftentimes have we been able to experience people's dreams and not even realize that it's a privilege to even be in it? Yeah. Will you meet my new friend, Raphael? Yeah, let's do it. Hey, Raphael. Hey, TJ. What's the name of your pastry shop? So we call it Le Carré Café and Patisserie. Raphael, does it weird you out that I was just your customer and now I'm interviewing you? I don't think so. I think we were meant to be. Yeah, because you're such a talented chef and I just discovered your place for the first time and we had some of the best croissants and coffee. And thank you. So you have to know that we import the butter from France. We work with an old traditional recipe and we don't cut corner in here. You actually get butter from France? Yes, we do. Because our local butter, it's not as good as what we have in France. And in France, as you know, croissant, it's a morning breakfast and it's a big deal for us. When I say croissant, is that offensive? No, croissant. So it's croissant. Croissant. Like in today's world, it might be offensive that I'm even asking you if I should call it croissant or croissant, but I'm going to call it croissant from now on. (laughs) Thank you, TJ. Where does this begin for you? Where do you get introduced to being in the world of cafes and how do you get here in a nutshell where you own your own shop and people are loving it already? I see lines out the door. Correct. So I grew up um, in a project in the south of France, in the backside of the beautiful French Riviera. Uh, Growing up, um, I remember seeing this big brother coming from vacation from Canada. He was coming always with beautiful cars and nice clothes. And I asked him what he was doing. And he told me he's in Canada as a pastry chef. So at 15 years old, I decided to join a pastry school for three years. I served my country uh, for one year at the military and I traveled all over the world. But on the back of my head, I want to open a French bakery in America. And I did it. So you saw someone who was living a life that was very admirable to you and something where you were like, wow, it'd be really cool to have that. And you asked what he did to get there. This is correct. So I did it and here I am. It's interesting how some people can see someone else and decide to be jealous or, wow, I wonder how they got that. But instead you go, no, no, I want that. So I'm going to ask you how you got there. Correct. I want to be like him. I want to be hardworking, honest paycheck. I have such a passion for excellence, especially in cafes, because there are so many mediocre cafes. That's correct. And you have to understand that the brigade of the the, the kitchen environment, it's designed through the military. So we're extremely disciplined and I am very disciplined with myself and with my staff. So this is another thing that is a parallel in almost every industry. If there is discipline, the quality is going to be better. That's correct. Pastry and baking, you do not guess. You know what you're doing or you don't do it. Raphael, you keep up the great work because I'm a new fan. I love what you're doing here. Obviously, I'm not the only one. I see all the people lined up. The cafe is full and I just admire your commitment to excellence and the many, many years that you put into this dream that is now a reality. Merci beaucoup. Merci, merci, merci. Say it with me. Croissant. 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 Oh, how you say croissant? If you've got a dream, keep on building it and maybe one day we'll be standing in it. This is the TJ Show. Thank you for turning your radio on today.
Sometimes I just gotta watch my mouth. I can let things slip sometimes, and it's embarrassing when I'm, I look back on it. I'm guilty of it too. What I did, did you do this time? I did something that was pretty rude. Uh, we were just talking about our new friend at our favorite French bakery. We met Raphael, right? right? And I'm standing inside of his amazing bakery and cafe, and I'm just looking around at all the food, and there's a line that is starting to form to the door. This place is popular, and it's brand new. Mm, I mean, what people a love it. great reputation already. And as I'm waiting in line, the cashier skips the woman that's behind me and goes to another woman. So the woman behind me goes, ah, ah, ah. I was, uh, what, I was, I was me. It was me. I was, I was next. And the cashier said, oh, "I'm so sorry. I, I did. I, I must have gotten the order wrong." And so I say, and "This is where I was wrong." I go, "Leave it to this town," like about the lady next to me. And I thought oh. I said it quietly, but obviously she heard it. I said it to my wife Jess. I'm like, "Yep, look at the neighborhood. We're you know, a little high end." And she turns and goes. But if that's the worst thing that happens to me, then I guess I've got it pretty good. And I know she was responding to my sarcastic comment. And I should have said sorry, but I didn't say sorry. I was like, yeah, you know, that's right. And it was just awkward, and I felt bad about it. And so I check out, and I sit down with my wife. We have a little treat, and we leave the cafe together. And it just so happened to time out that this woman was in her car and we were waiting to cross and so <laughs> so she stops and she waves and says go ahead go ahead and I'm like oh thank you that's so nice and I know why she's doing it because I'm rude guy that's who right. is like this town look at what you get and uh, as I'm crossing there's another car who outrudes me I've never seen anything quite like this had to be like a 17 year old guy and he's got a car full of his high school buddies. And because this woman lets me cross at the crosswalk, which is really the right thing to do, right? You yield to the pedestrian. He starts beeping his horn. Beep, 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 beep. And she rolls down her window and says, give me a second. I'm letting him go. Right. Beep, 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 beep. Oh, I would have gotten so out of my car. It's this, she's got to be in her 60s, right? Come on. And she's being really nice. And I feel bad about the weird little exchange. And she's letting us go. And this guy now lays down on his heart. Does he not see you crossing the street? No, he sees it. He's just being rude now to the woman. And so the woman goes, you're a jerk. And now she's screaming at him. And I'm like, okay, listen, we all got a little something going on. All right. Everybody's a little bit on edge. a little tense. And I thought like, this is one of these scenarios where you want to see a 60-year-old mom who's with her daughter, right? They're going out. They're catching up over the Thanksgiving break. You want to see her go to the 17-year-old boy and pull him out of the car and just (laughs) spank him with her bare hand. Now, I know that's not a popular opinion today. And not to a point where he's really hurt, but just so he's humiliated about- In front of his friends, yeah. Right, in front of his friends, because he's Mr. Tough Guy, just beep, 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 beep. And pull him out of the car by his ear. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Get over here. And you know, this lady who's very nice is trying to do the right thing, and I did the wrong thing, and that kid definitely did the wrong thing. Oh yeah, for sure. Hey, happy holidays, right? We're in the holiday season. Yay. You think it's going to get better over the next couple weeks? I don't think it is. Man, over the Thanksgiving holiday, I had quite a scare. My daughter, Charlie, who's eight years old, she was having some tooth pain. You may remember us even mentioning it on the show briefly. Right. Well, it turned into this wild infection, started swelling up her whole face. She had to get checked into the ER. 
He was there for two nights, emergency surgery, and a lot of friends and family, so sweet. They were checking in, seeing how she was doing. And it was interesting because she was, she was actually in a surprisingly good mood considering everything that was going on. In this hospital that we were at, really kind to kids, have cool things there that kids like. So it was almost like a retreat for her. <laughs> she enjoyed it. But Jabo checked in, sent a text and said, hey, how's Charlie doing? And so I had Charlie respond via video text and here's what she said to Jabo. Hey Jabo. Well, look at my face. Guess how I'm doing? I'll give you four guesses. Well, you can just tell her how you're doing. Yeah. I've had better times in my life before. But you're feeling okay, right? Yeah. I'm having the time of my life. Just sitting in this chair, watching a movie. There it is. Okay, bye. Yeah, so she was feeling good, as yeah. you can see. Her face was like a little chipmunk. It was so swollen. Right. Mm. Then, then my buddy Edgar checked in, wanted to see how Charlie was doing. She responded to him. Hey, Edgar. How am I doing? Well, I'm having a blast. Hanging out in the waiting room with a bunch of sick kids. I've never had this much fun in my life. Thanks for asking. Bye. We were just doing this to pass the time. She Her was like, all right. sarcasm is yeah. on Ted. Let me, uh, let me respond. She's a little sassy. <laughs> yeah. I will say, though, man, you, you check into a situation like that, and what a perspective shift. Mm -hmm. You see people who are going through all kinds of things, and kids, if you've ever been to a children's hospital, and you see what so many kids are going through, it is heartbreaking. And my, my heart goes out to so many families right. who are, or they're, they're doing that every single day. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm somebody who tends to lean towards complaining and being irritated. No, you don't really. It, it's really hard to be irritated <laughs> when you're in a space like that. And you right. see these beautiful people who are taking care of their kids and these amazing doctors and nurses, they are every day and they choose to be there because they have so much love in their heart and they want to help people. It really is a beautiful sight to see. And so it, as dark as it may have been for a couple of days there, where we were like, what is happening with Charlie? Right. And thankfully she's okay. I mean, she's fully recovering and doing great in a great mood. Um, it really does open your eyes to see what people are going through and also to hear and overhear some of these battles with insurance companies and the madness that it's goes on there. Yeah, the the debt. I mean, the incredible debt that pops up, even when people have insurance yeah. for some of these surgeries and what they're going through. My heart just goes out to you. And it's not fair. It really is not fair what is happening with the healthcare, just in right. general. I mean, other people... People have different experiences, and some people have it better than others, but some of the stories that are going, I wish there was another way, and I feel helpless hearing these stories, and I, I wish that there was something else that I could do, and I, I actually, my wife and I were talking about it, we want to figure out a way to get involved somehow, because it is devastating what's going on out there. People, for no reason that, that uh, anyone could predict, they're, they're just slapped with these tens of thousands of dollars and bills, and you know, what are you going to do? Your kid needs these surgeries, right? right? And right. They, they have to take care of it. So um, thankfully, Charlie's doing okay. Thank you to everyone who checked in and was asking how she was doing. And then at the same time, I was getting messages from our producer, Heather. She was getting rushed off to the emergency room. Mm -hmm. And I was like worried about Heather. And I'm checking in with <laughs> her husband. I got a random phone call from her husband, which never happens. So my immediate thought was, well, maybe he's got great news for me. <laughs> hey, Lewis, how you doing? And I could tell he was a little shaken. And he said yeah. he was taking you off to the ER. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, man, I'm really sorry. Well, thank you for keeping me in the loop on that. Are you doing okay? 
Yeah, besides the phantom pain I have in my chest right now, apparently I'm the epitome of health. Every test they did on me was perfect. Ah. The worst part is that like nobody could tell me what's wrong with me. Like I know that something is wrong, but nobody can tell me. It was just like, the, the doctor was like, it might be anxiety. I'm like, oh, what am I, just another hysterical woman coming to the emergency room with nothing wrong with me, just all in my head? I'm like, no, something's definitely wrong. Well, you but, know, what you're saying is, I know you're joking, but yeah. did, have, we've heard this story, not to make you more anxious, but <laughs> we've heard this story where people go in and they're like, no, I know something's wrong. Mm-hmm. And the doctor's like, eh, you're fine. Yep. You got to listen to that. And I would encourage you that if you still feel like there's something wrong, go back to yeah. someone else. And follow up. Go it to another doctor. very frustrating. Yeah. You know, there are dopey doctors, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, sure. There are some doctors who give you a look and like, you know, your head's falling off. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah, get some tape. Bad night of sleep. Just get some rest. Mm -hmm. Well, the worst part was that like I was in the emergency room for like seven hours and I wanted to be so angry, but everybody was so nice. The nurses were nice. The doctors were nice. And I was just so mad that I couldn't be angry at them. Well, your husband, Lewis, over Thanksgiving break was taking care of you Mm -hmm. and you did an interview with him to see how you were as a patient. Hey, Butt. Hello. Call him Butt, which is a very nice, nice nickname. Mm -hmm. Um, I just wanted to say thank you for taking care of me this week because I was sick. We had yeah. quite the yeah. traumatic event. Yeah, I was pretty much like a doctor. <laughs> How about that? Pretty much like a doctor saving lives. Did he do extra checkups that you didn't need, if you know no. what I mean? Okay. No. <laughs> no. Can I just say thank you and you accept it? Sure, yeah, no, go ahead. So thank you for taking care of me this week because I was sick. You're welcome. I did notice that uh, when we were in the doctor's office and he was like, you should probably get an ambulance to go to the hospital, that you uh, got pretty upset. Yeah. You were pretty worried. Yeah. You uh, you were crying a little bit there. That was before he said the ambulance thing, because before he said... Ooh, you saw your husband cry a little bit. A little bit, mm-hmm. yeah. He really loves you. I've never seen him cry before. It's yeah. hot, oh, isn't yeah. it? It's a little hot. It's yeah. a little hot. Yeah. No, I, I liked it. Yeah. 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 One of the things that gets me the most emotional is when I see my wife struggling in any way, mm-hmm. that will bring tears to my eyes. I hate it. You had like a heart thing because like the EKG that they gave you came out weird. So I started thinking that you had like some sort of heart attack or something. So that freaked me out. But then you were also crying, which kind of, I think, triggered me. Well, yeah, because I'm the one who was in pain. I was in physical pain. Yeah, but that made me cry. So, yeah. What made you so upset? You thought you were going to lose me? Um, I did. And that made you upset? It did make me upset. Well, good news for him and for you. He didn't. You're you're okay. Yeah. Well, I'm so happy to have you here, Heather. And you're smiling. Me too. We missed you last week. And look at that. Your husband, Lewis, has emotions after all. A little bit, yeah, look at that. <laughs> Did you fake this just to see him show that? <laughs> maybe, maybe. It works out. It works out. This is the TJ Show. Before we left for our Thanksgiving break, I put a challenge out there. Could everyone from the show bring back something from their Thanksgiving table? And uh, I did it. I asked my Uncle Charlie, who's been a 45-year and still-going professional musician. He's got a whole music room where he practices, and I said, hey, can you take me in there? And he did. You ready to jump along for the ride? Oh, yeah, I'm ready. Hey, Uncle Charlie. TJ, how are you? Can you take me around your music room? Uh, sure. As we do this, tell me, what is it like being a professional musician? Is it something that everyone should try to do? Oh, no. It's not something everybody should try to do. You have to really be dedicated to want to do what it takes to master all the instruments enough so that you can do it professionally. How long have you been playing professionally? 
probably 40, 45 years. And you've played in how many Broadway productions? 20 that I was hired to be the main percussionist or drummer in the orchestra, and then other ones that I was substitute in. What do you want to share with us? What instrument would you go to first? The xylophone. Sounds awesome, Uncle Charlie. Thanks, TJ. What about, you got the drums here. Mm-hmm. When did you start playing the drums? What age? I got introduced to them probably, really, when I was about five or six. I wish I could do this. <laughs> it's my Uncle Charlie. That's awesome. Thanks, TJ. <laughs> That's great. Now, you play the piano, too, right? Uh, a little bit. Yeah, all right, give me something jazzy on the piano, and then we can get back to Thanksgiving dinner. It's like he took me into Charlie Brown. Oh, Willa, come on in here. Uncle Charlie sounds amazing, doesn't he? I want to learn how to play the drums. Wait, Willa, you want to learn how to play the drums? Are you kidding me? All right, come on, let's give it a try, Willa. See, I was having such a good time, and then Willa came in, my five-year-old, <laughs> starts banging on the drums. Hey! What's up, hey! Yeah. You like that? Willa, you're coming! Hey! Uncle Charlie, thanks so much for showing me around your music. Oh, room. sure, TJ, anytime. You get the idea. Willa, I want to play now. I was like, well, the dad is trying to record something. No, it doesn't matter. She did a great job. No, I know. She did. She, uh, as my wife said, you're a drummer now. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you're a drummer now. <laughs> Sitting down. It might take some work, but yeah, yeah. getting there. Yeah, yeah. But also, uh, Kenny, you interviewed your uncle, right? Yeah, my uncle Bo. Okay, okay, cool. So we'll get to that a little bit later in the show. This that was, was a fun. great experience. Thank you for taking us on a journey, TJ. Well, it is interesting. There are so many people who play an instrument at some point in their life, and they think, well, I want to be a professional guitar player, or I want to be this, or that and then and I know because I've been taking piano now for a few years and it's so discouraging I pretty much hate it when I have to sit down and realize how much I don't know you have a whole attitude huh yeah but what I've come to realize is you just have to marinate in it you gotta spend time like music is so deep and there's so much to unlock there and just like any other skill I mean if you just keep working on it it's really that simple you just have to have the discipline to keep going and going and I think you know as you talk to my uncle Charlie a little bit more you come to find out he had a lot of discouragement in his mm. path a lot of people said ah there's no way that's a career ah you gotta have a backup plan ah you gotta to make sure that you go to school for something else and then you can be a musician. As a matter of fact, I know a composer, his dad would not let him be a professional musician. So he had to get a degree in engineering just to prove that he could do something. And then he went to school for music and got another degree in yeah. music. So it's a complicated path, but it is a path that's possible. And Kenny, you did it. Mm-hmm. You chose your uncle Bo. Yeah, my godfather. Why? Because he's like the patriarch of our family, and he's the one responsible for cooking the turkey and carving it ah. on Thanksgiving Day. So you caught him in the moment while he was carving. Yes, in the action. Let's meet Kenny's Uncle Bo. You're admiring this bird here, Uncle Bo. Well, let me tell you something. My. By the way, anytime an uncle says that, you better listen. <laughs> let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Whole uh, attempt at making the turkey was watching a Martha Stewart video. 
before she was put into handcuffs. <laughs> However, she's been released. Unnecessary, by the way, to mention that. But <laughs> we're, we're all aware of Leave it to the uncles to make sure we don't forget that. And she does a great job of explaining at a third grade level how to cook a turkey. You know, this is a big secret. This is your family recipe. It came from Martha Stewart. Yeah, Martha Stewart has helped my uncle for many years. Is it a good bird? Oh, it was so juicy and tender. Uncle Bo killed it this year. It's all He did? He killed the turkey? No, he didn't kill the turkey, but he did a very good job of preparing the turkey oh, yeah, you that never we know. all enjoyed. Excuse me. Sounds like he's got a lot of no, talent. No, you killed it. You said it right, Kenny. <laughs> it's all about the preparation. And it starts with preparing the stuffing. And contrary to some opinion. See, you're really nice because at this point I'd probably start to bail out of the conversation because right. you know he's just going to keep going and going, right? <laughs> yeah. He's he such loves, a nice nephew. He loves to be listened to. <laughs> as long as the bird and the stuffing is at the same ambient temperature when you start, there is no worries about getting sick. Anyway, well, there you go. <laughs> there we are. Thanksgiving at the Old Boils, a tradition, Very nice. and hopefully we'll be doing this for many years to come. I can tell you're trying to wrap it up there. <laughs> yeah. I will say this, though. As soon as I arrived, without cutting the first piece of turkey... I had two bourbons because I was so uptight. <laughs> That's who you want carving the turkey, right? <laughs> Hopefully he doesn't miss and get he his finger. Loosened up, you know? But it works. No, no, don't give the dogs anything, Bo. Oh, now there's your mom. <laughs> yeah, that's my mom yelling at Uncle Bo. <laughs> was he feeding the dog some turkey? I don't know if he was doing it on purpose or if they were just picking up the shrapnel that <laughs> fell to the ground, but yeah. Now, why can't your dogs have turkey? You know something? I think it has everything to do with a news story that we did on the show before Thanksgiving. We are how my mom gets her news, and we talked about the dangers of giving uh, dogs and cats high fatty food content. Oh, but I'm sure they could have a little bit of it. I, I, I think they're still alive, from what I understand. Yeah, don't steal that joy from them. <laughs> Turkey's a lean meat. It's fine. Yeah, give them give them the turkey breast. It'll be fine. You used to work at a vet's office, so you mostly know what you're talking about. Well, I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, my dog eats all kinds of things. Goldfish fall on the floor. She gobbles them up. Now, she's uh, she's been spoken to by the doctor, and we, we've had a cutback on her food. <laughs> she's been spoken to. Yeah, that's what happens <laughs> when... Uh, she got to watch a figure. Yeah, when she gets snacks, she, she needs to yeah. cut back. But uh, uh, they love it. They love it. Well, yeah, they were they were, they were listening to Uncle Bo's story. They didn't want to <laughs> leave. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they were. Well, thank you, Kenny, for introducing us to your Uncle Bo. You got it. J-Bo, you were interviewing your husband, Archie, after the big dinner. Right. With your family. Well, I guess they're sort of your family. They are your family. I mean, they're strangers. I mean, they call themselves family. Yeah. But... Hey, Archie. Can you stop that real quick? I know you're doing homework, but how you doing? Doing all right. How are you? I'm all right. Thanksgiving has come and gone. Yes, it has. Post-Thanksgiving interview. What do you think about the fact that I convinced you to spend Thanksgiving with complete strangers? It's not a bad thing. Um, that's what Thanksgiving's about. Well, Thanksgiving's about family and friends, not hanging out with strangers. Well, strangers 
that are loosely connected to family, I think it's still somewhat family that you haven't met yet. You ever think about how many family members we have that we just literally don't know or never hang around? Oh, yeah. Well, Jabo has too, and you just called him up and asked if you can come over. Yeah, I did. I just said, I'm going to come over, and I'm not, I'm not cooking either. So, yeah, welcome me, please. And you drove, was it 15 hours to get there? It was supposed to be a nine-hour trip, but the weather was so bad, it took my husband, Arch, and I 15 hours to get there. Now, 15, nine hours is an aggressive attempt at traveling. I was traveling. ready for nine. But Mentally. 15, oh my. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it was my nieces and nephews' extended family. They're not even, like, blood-related to us. They were welcoming, so you take that into account. That's true. They did say that we were now family. The food was good. It was actually great. Do you remember the argument or the discussion of the evening? The potato salad? Oh, yeah. I want potato salad, like chopped up potatoes, cubed potatoes. That's potato salad. You like cubed potato? I mean, yeah, when you do potato salad, you chop up the potatoes, you boil the potatoes, you drain them, and then you mayo and all that stuff. That's potato salad. I don't know why I asked that question. Any form of a potato, I'm a fan. Me too. But apparently you like it the way people in North Carolina make it. Yeah, the way I've had it since I was a kid. Which, which is what? Is mashed into a bowl, no chunks. It's mashed, but it looks like mashed potatoes. Okay, mashed potato salad. Was this a fight? It was. It was no legit. Way. At dinner, it was legit argument because we had the family the strangers we went to go see they're in north carolina and uh, apparently that's how they make it in north carolina wow and that's what my husband's used to this is what happens when politics has been exhausted when you've argued every way on who should be president (laughs) and who shouldn't be well let's move on to the potato salad right what is it that is the way they explained how they made it and how they made it there is how i've always had it yeah, no, nah, I never had it like that. But, you know, that's all good. We can agree to disagree, and next time when the bus wants potato salad, um, you can make it, and I won't eat it. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. Hey, we're very passionate about our food. I hear you, Chabo. Yeah, it was just different for me. I mean, I, I, I came to find out that not it's not just North Carolina, but apparently it's predominantly in the South. They make their mashed potato salad that way, and his mom's from the South, and so that's why Archie's always had it that way. Did it taste good? It was fine, but okay. it wasn't like legit potato salad. All right. Hey, listen, expand your horizons, right? Well, we, I had no choice. Yes. And you enjoyed it. And I did. How was it being with a bunch of people who were kind of family or somehow related to your family, but making that leap to call them, drive 15 hours, was it worth it? It was worth it. It was yeah. The time spent was worth it. The conversations we had was, were worth it. Just being there in their environment was worth it. And a change of scenery was nice. Good for you. Jabo. I'm so excited to be close to you because you make an attempt to be friends with everyone. And I think we need more of that. See, if more people were like Jabo and trying to be friends with one another, there wouldn't be so much division in the world. There wouldn't be, but you'll have a lot of strangers in your house, that's for sure. Yeah, it might get awkward, <laughs> but that's what's fun. You guys went on an adventure. I we admire did. the adventure been a lot of speculation for many many years that there are these black friday quote deals leave it to tiktok there's a couple videos floating around some shoppers at target who were looking behind price tags and see this is where i almost think this is too hard to believe because it just seems so dumb Mm. like if you're going to scam people why would you leave the original price behind the new price. You know how in stores they've got the price tags and you can sometimes slide them out. It's almost like a little picture frame. Well, in these videos, they slide out the so-called Black Friday deal. Like there was one TV for $429. Behind that card 
was the exact same price that it was before Black Friday. It's crazy. You got to be smarter than that. You know what I'm saying? You can't leave that there. You would think that they are smarter. Like, is someone manipulating this? How could this be real life? This is another claim from a TikToker. Peels back a sticker on a pair of pants. The Black Friday sale price was $30. When the sticker was peeled back, can you guess? Five dollars cheaper, twenty-five dollars. So they really upcharging you five so, bucks. Yeah, it's like you and could calling call, it a sale. You could call it a surge price in a way, because there's more people wow. than ever at these stores. If this is really happening, that's some pretty low stuff there. Mm-hmm. Well, I was looking online because you know I'm I'm just browsing, and uh, the sales were like twenty dollars off. I'm like, it's not a sale, bro. Twenty dollars off? That's a Tuesday. A you coupon. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, it's a coupon. But I guess you do see these incredible opportunities here and there. If you're looking for, like, uh, I heard our camera guy, Josh, a bunch of software subscriptions are going for, what, like half off? Oh, yeah, half off. But the problem is you're already in the cycles of the Mm -hmm. software that you subscribe to, (laughs) and you're not allowed to get the deal. It's only people who are just coming on board. Absolutely. So I just cancel my subscription, eat the difference, and then create a new account. (laughs) Just to save a few bucks. Just to save a few bucks. It's so annoying. Then you're spending all your time trying to save this money. How much money are you going to save? Have you calculated it? I'm going to save $15 a month for 12 months. Okay. Well, that's pretty good. But then you got to spend your time creating a new email account too, just to sign up for that new subscription. Yeah. It's very discouraging to see. And then with Cyber Monday, it makes you wonder, well, who's pulling the wool over our eyes with this one? Yeah. I've been looking all weekend. Actually, I did buy one item this weekend, even though I'm almost practically done with Christian shopping. What about you, Kenny? I haven't bought anything yet, but I plan to spend some time today. I wanted to get some Christmas shopping done today for Cyber Monday. Well, I almost feel stressed out because I've been getting so many texts from people in my family, and I know this is a nice problem to have, but they're putting so much pressure on me. What do you want for Christmas? I want to make sure that we get the best deal. It's like, can everyone just relax? Like, if it's this stressful, you don't you don't have to shop for me. I don't want to cause stress, but they want to get a deal on whatever it is that I want. So then I go through the Black Friday section and the Cyber Monday, which is really just one weekend now. Can we just yep. call it what it is? Yep. This is just big, a big, like, gross, like, everybody shop. It starts on Friday, it goes to Monday, and then I think tomorrow is still Cyber Monday, even though it's Tuesday. Well, some people, some excuse me, some stores started earlier this month. Yeah, it's so yeah, it's, like, it's been like right. Cyber Month or Black Friday Month. That's what, right, that's what it feels it like. It went from Cyber Monday to month. Right, it's craziness. <laughs> I mean, can everyone just calm? Do we have enough stuff? We do. We Seriously, have a lot of stuff. I, None of my family members have reached out and asked me what I wanted because they know I'm going to say nothing. Yeah. I want nothing. I'm trying to get rid of things. I don't want anything else. Well, just go take a stroll around your local auction or an estate sale. You see how much stuff people are acquiring. It's mm-hmm. all these deals. These, quote, deals <laughs> are weighing us down and drowning us in stuff. But on that note, happy shopping. Enjoy the day <laughs> and uh, get your deals. There's a lot of them. Or I should say, quote, deals. Deals, right. This is the TJ Show. Our news, it sounds a whole lot different around here. Our producer, Kenny, he reads through every story you can find, and then he brings us the most interesting ones. Kenny, what's happening on the planet this Monday? Despite many experts predicting that Black Friday wouldn't be that successful this year, it appears they were wrong, and Black Friday is more online than ever. Huh. It's estimated that Black Friday shopping generated a record $9.8 billion in online sales in the United States, 7.5% more than a year ago. It is fun to spend money. I've started to do something to try to control that urge that I have because this is what we want. We just want new things. It starts when we're babies. Did you add to that $9.8 billion this weekend? No, I didn't. I didn't buy a thing. Here's what I do now. When I want something, 
I put it on a little list in my phone that's called my wants list. And then I check in with it about a month later. Do I still want it most of the time? No, I don't. But there, there might not be sales when you want it. You must buy okay. now. <laughs> my kids want the same toy just so they can get it new again. Yeah. I mean, this is a big problem. Oh, I know. My nieces and nephews are the same way. Unbelievable. It's so easy to buy online, and it appears that half of those sales that I just referenced came from mobile devices. 5.3 billion of the 9.8 billion spent on Black Friday, all done on the cell phone. You know what the most evil and awesome thing is right now when it comes to online shopping? When they give you the Apple Pay option, and all you have to do is you have to click your off button twice to get whatever you want to show up at your door. It's like... Tap your shoes twice yeah, and I, you wind up somewhere you want to go. It's unbelievable. I told my husband Archie the same thing. I said, this is the best and the worst thing they could have given me. It's going to get easier and easier. You're just going to think it and it's going to show no, up. No, no. Is it really that much easier than pulling out your credit card? I mean, come on. Yes, yes it, it is. is. It's, it's, because if I have to pull out my credit card, I'm going to think two, three, four yep. times before I enter the number. <laughs> Apple Pay, it's like click, click. You just click the size of your phone, set. Usually by the eighth number. I get annoyed with having to put my credit card in mm-hmm. and I put it away. And it saved <laughs> yeah. me a lot of money. Same. Kenny, what, what else do you have? Yeah, one other stat from Black Friday, a growing trend of BNPL or buy now, pay later. That went up 47% from last year. This is where you're able to spread payments throughout several installments. And also Cyber Monday today is expected to bring in $12 billion. That would yeah. be a record as well. Of course. Well, if we're buying stuff that we can't pay for right now, then all of a sudden we have no choice but to get on the hamster and keep running until we can pay for it. It's not comfortable. Yep. Kenny, what else do you have? Mel Carici is a small business owner in Palm Beach County, Florida. She runs a worm farm and community composting business called Let It Rot. That's a great name. She even partnered with the Palm Beach County Food Bank in 2015 to help reduce food waste. But now she's stunned that Palm Beach County is making commercial worm composting illegal. And she's being forced to shut down operations for her business. That's insane. Palm Beach says whether or not it's on the curb or in your house, if it's trash, it's the property of the Solid Waste Authority. That sounds bogus. How does that work? The Solid Waste Authority or the county, told her that it burns the county's organic waste to generate electricity that powers 88,000 local homes. She said, apparently, my little composting operation could affect the county's ability to do that. Because a now, worm is sucking back a rotten apple? <laughs> That's stopping the electricity from flowing? The <laughs> county wants the trash. They want to burn it to produce electricity. They don't want her to do with it what she's doing with it. And isn't burning trash bad for the environment? Indeed it is. But to give them the benefit of the doubt, I'm sure they've got some system to cut back on how bad that pollution is, right? I don't know about that. The article doesn't get into their systems, just that this is their policy and this is what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. I don't know the details of how that works, but there's got to be common sense injected into these situations. Like, what is one lady running a worm farm really going to do? It's ridiculous. Come right. on, let her play with her worms. And I'm sure her clients is not the entire county either. Yes. <laughs> it's a some customers. It's like a, there's probably a few old people who are like, yeah, yeah I saved my bananas for the worm lady. Mm-hmm. And she comes by and it's like, nobody's hurting anyone. You know, I heard a story about someone in Florida who did some weed whacking around their land. And they didn't realize that it was technically in a protected area. Now, keep in mind, they mowed down miles of land, right? Like trees, palm trees, just cut them down. But there's just one little area they put aside and they go, this is protected for the environment. Well, this person cleaned up the weeds in the area and got a phone call 
from like the town saying, this is illegal. You can't do this. Got threatened with all sorts of fines. <laughs> I don't know how that turned out. I'm pretty sure they, they did say, okay, you know, just know for next time. But the rules are insane. You overlook the mountain, but then you focus so much on the small little molehill. You're like, really? You're going to get upset with this little hill? Is that where that's massive? from? I have no idea. <laughs> now but it's I, feel like, I feel like it works there. <laughs> that you know? sums it up. Absolutely. Well, this business owner has launched a petition on change.org. They're trying to lobby the county to reverse their decision to make this composting illegal. So okay. if you want to help, change.org. If you're pro-worm on the count of three, say worm. One, two, three. Worm! worm! I've always wanted to scream worm. <laughs> that was cool. You have very little goals. Kenny, what else do you have? A big holiday weekend at the box offices, and it appears Napoleon has conquered again. In theaters, the new movie, a biopic about Napoleon, starring Joaquin Phoenix, is in theaters now. It's directed by Ridley Scott, brought in 788 million dollars across wow. the globe in box offices over the weekend. So people seem to be loving history. I think so. And of course, there's a great track record with Ridley Scott and historical movies. He was the one behind Gladiator, mm. of course, and several others of the like. I went and saw the Trolls movie, Trolls Band Together, the new one. How was it? It was good. It was cute. Yeah, Justin Timberlake in it? Yeah. Oh, cool. And the rest of Sync. Yeah. I like the first one. I was surprised by that. The Trolls movie grabbed my attention in a way that I was not expecting. I thought it was going to be garbage. I was emotionally invested. No, it's really good. This newest one is really good as well. And they'll have like jokes that adults get, but like kids don't get. So my nieces (laughs) were sitting there just like watching and singing along. And I'm sitting there laughing my butt off because I get every joke. So it's really good. Is it okay for my kids? Yeah, it's okay for your kids. All right, all right. Well, maybe I have to get to the movies. Yeah, I approve it. Thank you for bringing that up. No problem. Another thing that happened, the Hunger Games movie, A Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, did do better in its second weekend. It's closing in on $200 million globally. Its budget was $100 million. It had a disappointing opening weekend, but it appears to have gained some steam. And then... Disney's Wish, the new Disney animated feature Wish, uh, was a little bit of a disappointment, especially when compared to other films of its kind. They didn't promote that movie very well, though. Like, I had no idea it was coming out. What is it? What, what is the movie? Yeah, what's it about? That's what I'm saying. I haven't seen not one trailer or preview or anything. I don't know. Chris Pine plays, I think, the bad guy, some kind of wizard king. Yeah, I'm really not sure what it's about. I, he dropped a ball. I assume it's about a wish. And this, this guy, I think his character, the bad guy, <laughs> can grant wishes, mm. but he chooses which wishes to grant and which not to grant, and then the main character... Uh, is not happy with that. Sounds horrible. That, that's what I gathered from the previews. No, they didn't yeah. promote it. But that only brought in $49 million. Mm-hmm. But when you compare you it to get. other Disney movies like that, especially around holiday weekends, disappointing. Here's what you do. If you're disappointed about the newest Disney movie, go look up Bolt. It's about a dog that thinks he's a real superhero, but he's actually on a TV show. <laughs> and it's maybe one of the greatest Disney movies ever made. It doesn't get talked about enough. They should just put that back in the theaters. Okay, I'll Kenny, check it out. Have you not seen it? I haven't seen it. Dude! Bolt, no. Neither have I. Yeah. The guy, I seen what? It. I haven't seen it. You people have seen every movie. You haven't seen <laughs> Bolt? <laughs> Bolt's amazing. My kids watch it a million times. I love it. Kenny, what else do you have? I want to tell you about a 77-year-old woman from New Zealand who learned the hard way how important it is not to leave anything out on your customs declaration form when traveling overseas. Mm. So this woman bought a muffin and a chicken sandwich at the airport 
in New Zealand before she boarded a three and a half hour flight to Australia. She ate most of the muffin, threw it away, left the chicken sandwich sealed up, figured I'll get hungry on the flight. I'll eat it then. She fell asleep, forgot about it. Mm. She declared her prescription medicines, but forgot the chicken sandwich. It wound up costing her 3330 Australian dollars, which is about 2200 American. They should have just waved that. Like, come on. It was yeah. a mistake. Give her a break. Well, she broke down in tears. She thought they were joking at first, and she broke down in tears. Remember, she's 77 years old, a retiree who's living mm. on a pension. So this caused a major financial yeah, hardship on. for her. She tried to appeal it, but the appeal didn't work out for her either. She had to eat that money. Kenny, what else do you have? The company Life at Sea Cruises was scheduled to have a three-year cruise departing from Istanbul, Turkey on November 1st. It was postponed to November 11th and then again to November 30th. Now we're learning that on November 17th, less than two weeks from its postponed departure date, passengers were informed that the cruise was canceled. Who wants to go on a three-year cruise? Me. Really? Have you ever been on a cruise? No. It is amazing. Your room gets taken care of for you. Your bed is made. Every time you go to your room, there's fun activities to do. You can access food anytime you want. Delicious stuff. I mean, why not? Three years. Why not? If I was retired, this sounds like paradise to oh, me. Yes. Huh. I, I guess if you're into traveling and exploring, and you can go to every cool place on the planet, literally. So why was the cruise canceled? The company didn't have a ship. Oh, so yeah, that's a problem. They made all of these plans without securing a ship. They'd planned to buy a recently retired cruise ship from a different cruise line. That sale didn't go through as mm. expected. That ship was sold to another cruise company wow. on November 16th. So the company has vowed to refund everyone who signed up for cruises that cost up to hundreds of thousands of dollars in some cases. But there's even more problems. People either sold or rented out their homes because they knew they were going to be away for three years. So people don't have a place to go back to, and some are stranded in Istanbul to this very day. Wow, that is bizarre. Talk about dropping the ball. You make all these plans, take people's money, and you don't have a ship? Stick to the weekly ones. I hear they're, <laughs> Seriously. I hear they're fun, as well, J-Bo great. No, not to mention, the company said it would be issuing these refunds in monthly installments starting in mid-December. Ugh. So, again, there are a lot of people who are monthly? going to be struggling having made this commitment and then having... It's going to be three years before you get your money back. Right. It's it's heartbreaking, really. Yeah, I can't commit to like three year anything at this point with the way the world's going. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I just, I don't know if that's a good idea. Wow. Kenny, what else do you have? One of the world's largest icebergs is now on the loose. It is known as A23A. It's 4,000 square kilometers, about 1,500 square miles, three times the size of New York City. What? Yeah, the iceberg broke off of Antarctica's Filchner ice shelf back in 1986, but it got stuck to the ocean floor where it's remained ever since. Now it has been pushed and now adrift, picking up speed, moving past the northern tip of the Antarctic Peninsula, helped by the wind and ocean currents. There might be something scientific in this. Have you ever had an ice cube stick to the bottom of your glass? Yes. Isn't that cool? Yeah. All right. What else you got? (laughs) That's what the iceberg did. It just stuck to the bottom of the ocean. Science! That's science, guys. (laughs) 